0: sun completed one lap around the sun so we had a big throwdown this weekend so that is on me nick and ben we're raring to go this morning i was not able to so we're a little late we're behind but as we hit the record button aj brown scored a touchdown for the titans so that is cool uh but we're here to talk ole miss arkansas after yesterday's uh man it sucked it was a lackluster performance uh but we're gonna get into it here it's a lackluster performance, and I say it sucks. And it's just kind of one of those like, eh, you know, just a shitty game that you gotta throw away. almost still had a chance to win that that ball game. So hats off to the defense after three weeks of just looking absolutely dreadful. They played their tails off and had a shot. Um one thing I'll say before I throw it to Ben and Nick here for their opening thoughts. People need to simmer down let's relax uh yesterday was only Matt Corral's sixth ever start as a quarterback he is a sophomore he is uh he's still young he's still growing and it's a you know a new offense and I'll I'll throw uh, before I throw it to you I'll say this Barry Odom was ready and uh sometimes you just gotta tip your cap to the other sideline guys
1: yeah you know uh, quickly about AJ. I think he was wearing his old Miss powder blue gloves for all those who who are were, who were asking. Um, yeah, he is wearing his old Miss powder blue gloves. So I just saw him on the on the sideline. Look, uh, about the old Miss game, here are my thoughts. Matt Corral up until Arkansas, and I had this conversation with my parents yesterday. We watched the game. and went home and watched the game with my family. Matt Corral has played pretty much perfect up until Arkansas. I mean, I, I don't know I told – I, I exaggerate a little bit to my mother, but it's not quite a – it's not a crazy exaggeration. Through three games, he's had pretty much the highest QBR in the history of college football outside of, what, Joe Burrow? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: So his – and his only interception was a batted ball. We've we've hashed that out. And Austin on our pickup show said, you know, guys, we just need to accept the fact that we can rely on Matt crowd to just go out there and kill it. And we have – and, and, and I think I'd heard Kiffin after one of the games previously previously say, you know, eventually we're not going to be able to rely on perfect. I mean, this is paraphrasing on perfect quarterback play and, and because he's a human, right. And, and corral having thrown just about this half amount of in incompletions as he has touchdowns or half amount of touchdowns, whatever you want to say, 20 incompletions on the year, 10 touchdowns, whatever it was, some crazy number. Going into Arkansas, I mean, virtually played perfect. And you know Arkansas was ready. You know, the one of the pick sixes, the second pick six was not good, but the first pick six, Arkansas's defender jumped at thirty yards. I mean, he or twenty yards, not to exaggerate. He ran from the free safety position, you just gave up on the guy running deep and jumped the route. I mean, they just they sat in zone, watched Corral's eyes and jumped him. He had a tough game. He's a sophomore. He'll be a sophomore next year. You know it's it is what it is like you have to hats off to the defense and you know the thing is is as tough of a day as corral had if ole miss scores touchdowns on the one yard line they win so it you know it's it is in a weird not to sugarcoat the loss everybody nobody wants to lose arkansas we all picked us to win i i locked it i locked it in The the bright spot here is the defense played much better, much better. Mm -hmm. The secondary played much better. So, you know, we had a chance to win the game at the end. I mean, we had a chance to win the game going into the second pick six. So long story short, I'm disappointed in the loss just because I hate to lose. (laughs) But there are bright spots in this game, and I just think we need to move on.
2: Yeah, I told you guys before we got on here, I was like, uh, it's not going to be long because there's not much to say. Well, what do you say? I mean, we can't – I don't know enough football to get in there and analyze exactly what they did that that Corral's going to have to do differently. I mean, I think if it was that simple, you know, we would have done it at halftime. If it was simple enough, you know, that I could analyze it. So, yeah, there's going to have to be some self-scouting but from both Levy and Kiffin kind of on the play calling. Um, and what they were doing with Corral, and obviously there's gonna have to be some self scouting from Corral, you know, to, to figure out what he was doing wrong. But I, I, I didn't. There's just nothing, nothing that I can take away from the game other than what we did yesterday uh, from a passing standpoint is it was unacceptable and, and will have to be changed. But it it will be. I mean, otherwise we're gonna go one and nine. So I, I think that it will be changed. Uh, it we, it was it was strange watching it late in the game. We were down. Two scores, and I thought. I mean, we right now it should be basically a tie game, or, or we should be up one. Hmm. And then we we scored uh, to make it twenty to 30, twenty to fourteen. Got the ball right back in front of our own. On, own, I believe it was when it was twenty to fourteen, and, and through that other interception, and and the defense held, and the, the offense we played as poorly as we possibly could have had the ball about the 20-yard line or the 15-yard line, I suppose, with five with four and a half minutes to go in the game and, and all three timeouts. I mean, it was a, totally there for the taking, uh, which I think says a lot about the defense in terms of, you know, they really bowed up when they had to. Uh, the the defense, you know, but for two interceptions, uh, they were ran back for six, uh, but for a... I mean, a, a you know, a pretty boneheaded uh, running into the kicker right in front of Arkansas's own end zone that ended up giving them a first down. You know, when they were punting it to us, uh, the defense yeah, and he gave was up what for you You're getting yeah. the ball
1: on the plus side of the fifty. That was the stupidest play. out threw six or seven. How many interceptions he threw? That was
2: the stupidest play of the day. It yeah, was. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, we you know it's, we were going to get the ball. At worst case scenario, at our own forty, and you know, if things were going well. The defense was playing, you know, had, had, that would have been the second stop in a row. And I think if we go down and score, it's a totally different ballgame. I said they went down and scored, and it's seven nothing, and it felt like just a huge shift in momentum. Especially, you know, it had to be deflating for the defense to know. You know, we're only going to get so many stops. We've just given them two, and then we had we got back out there. But
0: well, the, I mean, yeah, the the cru- the crushing blow is just obviously you have it on the one early. You don't score on second or third down. Matt Corral, and I don't think it was a read. I think it was just a straight give. If it was a read, he keeps it and just moonwalks into the end zone. almost is up seven nothing. I think that that was huge for Arkansas to to get that turnover yeah. after we just completely it set the tone of the game. I, I mean, we completely I don't marched want to blame down the, the whole field.
1: game on it. Yeah, I don't want to blame the entire game on it, but it set the tone. It well, absolutely I think, did. I,
0: I think mentally, Arkansas after all the shit they've been through almost just methodically marches down and punches it in there i'm not saying arkansas completely folds there but it's just a oh you know that that creeps in their mind as a defense like oh here we go again guys like we we can't get a stop and even then almost still had a shot to win the football game and that's the main reason why the people that are that are asking for you know why didn't they pull him why don't you put plumley in to change things up you don't do that Kiffin said as much in his post game. That's you don't want our, to
1: split the locker room.
0: No, you, I mean that's still Corral's confidence. That's your guy. Room, you split the split the fan base. Yeah, go ahead. That's your guy. You stick with him. I, I think if you pull Matt there, regardless if it's for a series or something, it just completely ruins his mindset for the rest of the season. Now, well, some, what
1: what what good comes of it if you pull him and we do poorly, then nothing changed. And if you pull him and Plumley breaks a seventy yarder. Now you've got a split locker
0: room. Well, and it's just it, – he's – you've made it very clear that Corral's your guy. And look, through the first three weeks, he was the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers yeah, – That's right. The numbers proved yeah. it. So I just think it was a combination of a bad game, which is bound to happen, and – Barry Odom and Arkansas had a good plan they they were ready for a lot of things Ole Miss showed a lot of looks on film that Arkansas was ready for Ben already alluded to jumping routes I mean those are just good defensive plays that's just good study that good film study they were ready and my only gripe with the offense was I don't know where in the world Kenny Yeboah was in the game plan I only remember them trying to get in the ball once on a little play action pop out in the flat and you know if he catches it it's possibly a touchdown he makes one guy miss he probably gets in they didn't utilize him over the middle of the field at all and I know that Arkansas was just dropping eight and spying all day the thing that made Matt Corral so good through the first three weeks was he was taking what the defense gave him and he wasn't forcing things I thought that he stood back there way too long on Saturday and was trying to make the big play and was trying to look for the downfield shot instead of Tucking it, getting what he can, and either getting a first down, moving the sticks, or just punting it away and let your defense continue to play well. Because look, Felipe Franks is not good, but he looked even worse against our defense. And they made him get out of the pocket, which he's not comfortable doing. He's not a good athlete. And they got stops. I mean, Traylon Burks had a career day. He's a hell of a receiver. He's a four star top 150 guy. So that's what top 150 guys do. But. They held Arkansas to 394 total yards. That is a complete, I mean, I mean, come on, like absolute, just golf clap here in the studio for DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge. They had a fantastic game plan. They held Arkansas to 150 yards on 150 yards on the ground, 244 through the air. Had an interception. Um, should have been two. Jalen Jones drops it. Um, they uh, force another uh, fumble. I, I just. I thought the defensive game plan was masterful, and if Corral is just maybe a little bit more patient, a little bit a little bit smarter with the football, I think Ole Miss has a shot to still win the game, and probably does if they don't flip the field on a couple pick sixes or a couple picks, and then obviously the pick sixes cost you points. But punching it in on the one is is is, is that that was the game. I mean, Snoop Connor getting stopped, getting stoned. I thought that was a little stubborn there on Jeff Lebby's part, trying to really force the issue. Um, but even though I, I thought that using Yaboa and Elijah Moore of the middle of the field probably keeps Arkansas a little more honest. And again, just a long-winded comment from me on as bad as Matt Corral played, almost had a shot to win the game.
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I'll, I'll jump in here. I am not... Um, I am not anti uh, Jeff Lebby, and I am not anti, you know, Lane Kiffin or anything. And I, I absolutely am going to, as well as Ole Miss has been prepared, I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Like I, this is not me complaining about the coaches, and I, and I'll tell you all this: last Sunday I went in on DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge, and they, the defense played a lot better. It, matter of fact, I said last Sunday. You know, if it continues how it's going now, this was after the Alabama game, you know, do you have to, you know, do you have to explore uh, making changes towards the end of the year? Well, it's not they they did improve against lesser talent. And so that tells me that the scheme may not be awful. It, it, and I know that's that they, they played well. Zach, you're right. They schemed it well. And So the defense, that is the bright spot. And Lane said it best after the game. He said, you know, now it's proof to our guys that if the offense and defense can play well at the same time, which we have not had yet, Mm -hmm. we can be a really good team. And so um, I think part of that was probably Arkansas just not being very good on offense and Felipe Frank's not being very good on offense. But I'll give the defense credit. You're supposed to look better against lesser opponents, and they did. Um, Back to the offense, I don't know what they did to Yeboah. I think... I think they were doubling him. I wasn't there. I, I need um, to go back and watch. They had to have just. I'm going to go back there. and watch it. But, but here's here's my problem with Ole Miss and with uh, what we were doing. Arkansas ran three down linemen almost the entire game. You've mm-hmm. got to run the football against that. Like you have got yeah, to be able to run the football, whipped. and I think Ole Miss could, and we just didn't work. Stick with it.
0: Well, they, what they've been doing all year was take it's a numbers game i mean andy staples wrote a great piece on the offense and how they've been giving people fits on the athletic and you should go read it And if you don't have a subscription you, you need to because the athletic is super cheap and it's great content but that's the that's the offense as levy and kiffin it's a numbers game you take what they give you and like ben said three down linemen that's automatic running the football if five can't beat three then shit you can just get on the bus and forfeit Because that's terrible, but it was just the opposite. Where down on the goal line, when Ole Miss has been dangerous, is getting Corral out of the pocket and you know going through his progressions and just taking what the defense gives him. You know, Drummond had that touchdown catch in the opener against Florida. Found a soft spot, sat there. Corral found him. You got mismatches with Yaboa and Elijah Moore against linebackers. You take that, boom, touchdown they weren't doing that. They were being stubborn and they were trying to smash it in there with, with Snoop Connor on the goal line and it backfired. And you just, I just thought everybody, I wouldn't say panicked, just, I think they just got a little stubborn because it had worked for three weeks and it bit them in the ass.
2: I don't think that they, yeah, you're, you're right about the, the stubbornness and not the panic. And it was like, we we were so confident and we were so certain that what we had been doing the first three weeks would work again that when it didn't work, there was, I don't know, there was like no plan B. I, I didn't love what we were doing down there next to the goal line. I didn't even love the play. Maybe, maybe you said it was a, an easy walk-in on the the fumble there um, the, early in the game that, that, that Corral had, and maybe he would have walked in, but it just felt like we, we're so creative, and I get it, you can't do the jump pass in every single game. But, you know, earlier we're doing jump passes, you know, on the goal line against Florida, and then against Arkansas, we're just trying to run the same – hurried up play and then at one point you know we got fourth and one at the the one inch line and you hand it to the back who's standing back there at the the six and so he's got you know five six yards to try and gain a foot instead of i don't
1: know if tom brady if tom brady sneaks the
2: football then then you should sneak it in college yeah, exactly. I mean, if, oh, if yeah. you can't I mean, get a, if you can't get a foot with those guys, yeah, then you're not going to get five yards. You know, starting it back there at the five.
0: Well, and and look, that's your best lineman right there. Ben Brown, the center, is your best offensive lineman right now. And yeah, yeah get under center, take the snap, and just fall forward. And they're, you, look, they're going to give you the inch. They'll I, just give yeah. It, it, line up, line, not really up line up, Snoop right behind you. It's legal to push and just have him shove you in. It's just it's outthinking themselves a little bit and I think Kiffin would probably admit that if you asked him I think Lebby would say the same I think they just got a little uh, got a little cute but. I'll
1: give them the I'll give them the benefit of the doubt look I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset after one loss in a COVID season I'm or after this I say one loss after this loss you know the one game I feel like we should have won that we've been beat so it's fine. Arkansas had a linebacker play outside of his mind with one arm, and and uh, that guy was
2: all over the field. He had like 19 tackles. Yeah, but, 19 tackles, two interceptions. And I mean, Grant Morgan's good. Bumper Pool's good. I mean, that's that's two heady linebackers that kind of are just – You talked. I think he was the one that jumped the route early in the game, and, and I'm pretty sure he was the one who returned it for six. Uh, they're late in the game. That's a good yeah, linebacker yeah. and is a smart linebacker, and, and that's what it took to – To beat Mm -hmm. Matt Corral was some guy who knew exactly where he was going with the ball before Corral even went, you know, knew it.
1: they were prepared for is we had a lot of success in the first three games with misdirection and then kind of rolling Corral out and hitting guys in the flat. Arkansas was jumping that. Mm -hmm. Like, they took that away from us. So, I think to counter that, you've got to be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit, like, outside the numbers. You know, that's when – Mingo and those guys have got to step up. Mingo Drummond, well,
2: and Mingo you know, and Drummond each, each had a drop too. I was gonna I mean, say we, we
0: didn't talk about the drops that would have been yeah. moving the sticks, but yeah, all right. um I think we've about covered it. <laughs> There's not much else to yeah. say. It was just a weird, yeah. funky, yeah. shitty game. Uh,
1: good game defense. Good game. Yeah, I mean, seriously, absolutely they played well. They gave up 19 points.
0: We. I mean, that's all we can ask for. I mean, we were sitting here a week ago and we rode Durkin and Partridge hard, and I don't know if they listened to the show. They probably do um but they uh hey they called a hell of a game the defense did their part so um i don't think corral and the offense is going to be that bad every game here on out i don't i think everybody knows that so a lot of positives to take from this even though it's a loss and you're sitting at one and three we're gonna take our break and we'll come back and give some final thoughts and close out here on sunday podcast rebellion hangover edition hang tight right back It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion. To remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show, if you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast, Blackjack, Craps, Slots, Southern cooking, Cocktails. What's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost-grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain to glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you could go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Hewling Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find healing station by old Dominic. And as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last, but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a clark ford vehicle Corey clark and the rest of the folks in amory mississippi on highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today be sure to browse their inventory online request more information about the vehicles set up a test drive and inquire about financing all online if you want to do it a little old school maybe uh conversate via telephone you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new ford today
2: All right, guys, we're back here. Podcast Rebellion
0: Hangover Edition. Real quick, let's give some final thoughts as we turn the page to Auburn. Auburn, South Carolina. It played just about as... I think it's exactly how we all thought it would play. Close game. Our, Auburn still hasn't really figured itself out on offense. South Carolina's defense stepped up, and then Colin Hill and Shy Smith and the folks over there um, kind of showed us up. We, we, we did say they were bad, but we didn't say they were great. But they uh, got the win, so now... We got two teams, sort of soul searching, I'd say, which is weird to say in a 10 game abbreviated COVID season, but it's a big game for Auburn and Ole Miss on Saturday. Um, I don't really know how I feel. I don't you know nowhere near ready to give a pick or anything, but this is, I said it earlier today, um, might turn into a game of who wants it more.
2: I mean, yeah, I, I I watched a little bit of that Auburn game, and really the the part of the Auburn game I didn't see was when they started looking bad. But I mean, outside of Vanderbilt, which I mean, it's hard to even consider an SEC team. It's almost like they're a, our FCS team outside of Vanderbilt. Uh, Nick's could be the worst quarterback we've got left on the on the schedule. I mean, I guess there maybe whoever MSU's putting out there, but I mean, there is a a lot of of margin of error. I, I feel like next week. I mean, he is not gonna with his arm i mean so obviously the offense has got to be be better but i think if we get the offense from weeks one through three i think we win the game no doubt about it because i don't think they're gonna they're gonna match us you know score for score not with what i've seen these last couple weeks out of auburn that's that's exactly right i, I can't add much more to that Ole Miss
1: controls its own fate here if Ole Miss is the offense that it was you know, against Alabama, Ole Miss will beat Auburn. If Ole Miss is the offense that it was against Arkansas, Ole Miss will lose to Auburn. It's that simple. You know, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say it falls squarely on the quarterback because I think our receivers need to catch and we need to block better because at the end of the day, you know, we've got we've got a really good quarterback, but we also have two really good running backs. And mm-hmm. so we need to establish the run against Auburn and run the football. You know, I, I just felt like we left that too soon against Arkansas, and um, that's uh, and that's pretty much it.
0: That's a I was, that's a great point, Ben. I, as alluding to who wants it more, maybe that's what Ole Miss has got to do: is lean on Snoop Connor, Jerry Neely, and using Matt Crowell's legs, but also just let's see what Auburn's got in that first half. Let, let's punch them in the mouth and see how they respond. Because look. Auburn is in dangerous territory of potentially just lying down the rest of the year. I Not saying they will, but again, this is a, it, you know,
2: it's a big, they're, it's
0: a big game. I, yeah. They, they, they're primed to lay down. I,
1: I, I'm telling you, man, to me, it, Ole Miss has like, like Wayne said, after a game, you know, a couple weeks ago, you can't continue to rely on perfect quarterback play. Even Eli Manning has bad games. Chad Kelly played bad at Arkansas in 16. So, Well, I sent you all
0: like, that, that stat that John Chisholm put on Twitter. In 1968, a sophomore quarterback by the name of Archie Manning threw six picks in a loss to Tennessee. So everybody has I bad games. The same amount of attempts. Corral did either because in 68, they didn't throw it however many times a
1: game. They weren't yeah. running the air rate. I don't know without looking at the you know, at the at the stat sheet. I could be wrong there, and 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 fine if I am. Uh, look, it, it is well within Ole Miss's reach to win the game. And I I said this before Arkansas, and I'm gonna continue saying it, even as as poorly as we played. Every game on the schedule is winnable. Mm-hmm. Every game on the schedule is losable. It's like the NFL now, man. I it just you know you can win and lose any game at this point.
2: Yeah, and I mean, uh, let's not forget that Chad Morris is the co- office coordinator at Auburn. I just don't. I, I think Auburn is is beatable. I, I'm I almost kind of wish we had our bye week after this week, so we, it would be a little bit more of a get right time. Um, and, but they're gonna. I think they're gonna fix it. I said last week. I said there there's going to be a game where the offense doesn't show up and we lose forty five to seven. I was wrong about the you know the forty five because the defense did show up. But I don't think it happens twice in a row. And I don't – you know, Arkansas is a team – I mean, excuse me, Auburn's a team that could finish the season three and seven or four and six and fire Gus on I mean, that that's a team that could absolutely lay down. And maybe they, they sense from Ole Miss a, a game that they've got to win. But I think this is a game Ole Miss really, really could and should win. And they've got Vanderbilt and then a bye week. So, um, you know, this is a get-right week. You know, you win these next two and, and the, the season totally changes at three and two. Or excuse me, a
0: three and three. All right, I think we can leave it at that. I think that's a, I think that's good. I think I think most will agree with us here that it sucked. It was not fun. Like Ben said at the top, losing is never fun. But in in no way, shape, or form is it eject time. We're not pulling the shoot just just yet. I, uh, Matt Corral is
2: still yeah, fantastic
0: was, talent, and the offense is going to be fine.
2: I would have had the only people who need to rewatch this game or think about it any time after Saturday are the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, like normally I would go back and re- I rewatch this play Alabama, uh, I rewatch this even play in Florida, but this is not a game I'm going to rewatch because I mean, there's nothing I can figure out other than it was it was bad. And the coaching staff's going to do that, and it, you know, as a fa- as a fan base, put it behind you and you know, look forward to Auburn. Yeah,
1: and it's not it's not time to quit on your quarterback. No, now it's, like it's four fine. games. In- Yeah, it's not. Now is not the time. Everybody who wants to, let's not do that.
0: So Saturday at home, 11 a.m. kick SEC Network. It's going to be fun. Auburn uh, coming off a loss, Ole Miss coming off a loss. I'm telling you, this is well, it's it's a little bit of a gut check time, a little bit of mentality check. Let's see how they respond. These are the type of games that I kind of like where, yeah, losing sucks. But I like seeing how somebody rebounds. Let's let's see. Let's see what kind of let's see what kind of mindset the team's in. Uh, let's see what kind of mindset the staff has them in. Um, so I'm excited. This is it's a it's an opportunity to beat a ranked opponent, somebody that has has kind of had Ole Miss's number for a while. Um, so it's kind of like Arkansas. So I, I'm excited. I think that the offense is going to bounce back. And look, we can't say it enough. And I golf clapped it earlier, but hats off to to Durkin and Partridge and what the defense did. They played their tails off and gave Ole Miss a shot. So. I'm excited. I know that you guys are as well. Uh, we got any final thoughts or or uh, any uh, reservations before we close up shop and watch some NFL?
2: No, I'm just ready for. Was it get better Monday? That's what I'm ready for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah we uh, you know, uh, we just got to get right. It, it'll be fine. They're still playing football, guys. Like it's yeah, not
0: exactly. We the could world have we could be not world. have football yeah yeah so that's gonna do it for podcast rebellion hangover edition thanks to ben and nick for being flexible with me thanks to y'all for listening um we'll have a ton of content on the site this week as we always do gambling council will be back we had a fantastic week um we uh we had a couple three and o's i believe that was myself and nick nick is just burning it down right now um but uh as a unit i'm gonna check it really quick
2: uh, eight and four, fifty seven and a half percent on the or fifty eight and a half percent on the season.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Eight and four will will get it done. That will that will pay the proverbial bills. Um so that's gonna do it for us this Sunday afternoon. Thanks to y'all for listening. Thanks to the lovely sponsors for making all of this possible. For Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion, the hangover edition. we Yeah.